Blue. Being blocked by Harden. Yes, he's already bloody. You can yeah. see the blood streaming down him. Navarre gives to Perry. Perry through the middle. Touchdown, Hand off his box, a box of chocolates Would I know To stay away oh, I said Hand off his box, a box of chocolates Would I eat them anyway Cause every time I have half a mind to leave you, babe That means I have half a mind to stay Good evening. It's Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. This is Mike, and Pandora's Lunchbox is a show about food and culture. And culture and food are going to be in for some really interesting collisions, which hopefully won't give anybody a food concussion. I don't know if that's anything like a food coma. Food comas are not bad, really. Depends on the food. But anyway, here's the deal. Several music and cultural events coming up in the next few days to do with good, healthy food, but also some fun. So... I like the combination, especially finger food. But first of all, let's hear a little bit of music because I think we're in for some, possibly some heavy, wet snow tonight. I heard rumors of anywhere from three to five inches of that stuff, and sometimes you just need a little help, a little help to deal with it. And this song is kind of an advice record for what you might do to help you deal with this. You might know this song. But that's not the one. Let's try this one. Still need her soul 
That's Jimmy James and the Vagabonds, and that is Red Red Wine. Yes, Neil Diamond wrote that, would you believe? Did you know that? Neil Diamond wrote that. And it, and a little later that year in the late 60s, whatever year that might have been, I'm sure it was a wonderful year. It was a very good year. But later that year, that was recorded by Jimmy James and the Vagabonds, and that was a minor English hit and worth so much more. Well, this is Pandora's Lunchbox. I'm Mike. A lot of stuff going on. We've got an event happening tomorrow at the Ark that is about helping people who need food. But we're going to start out with an event actually coming up on Monday. This is the Michigan Good Food Film Festival coming up on Monday. It's going to be at Washtenaw Community College at the Morris Lawrence Building on the campus of WCC. Monday, February 28th at 6.15 p.m., a series of films about food will be shown, and that's right up my alley. I think you can understand that. And if it's right up yours, then you'll definitely want to hear this out, and if not, maybe you'll find out it is. I talked to Kim Bayer, who is the president of Slow Food Huron Valley, And they've had a few surprises in their organizing of this first event. And it is an interesting event, this new film festival. Well, I guess one of the things that makes it different from other film festivals is that it's a festival about food in Michigan. Um, It's an idea that we got that was based on an idea that we saw from the Huron River Watershed Council, where we've asked people people in the community and students to make films that answer the question, what does good food mean to you? Um, And so it's going to be kind of a celebration of food and agriculture in Michigan. And the films run the gamut, I guess, from some 30-second films to some five, six-minute ones. Is that correct? (laughs) Well, that's been one thing that's been interesting about about the film festival, that we had these guidelines, and some people followed them, but a lot of people... (laughs) <laughs> didn't had fun <laughs> so our our longest film is actually 27 minutes long oh okay <laughs> um, but it's a wonderful film and so i think we're going to screen it it's called voices of michigan farm women oh okay can you tell me a little bit about that um it is a film that highlights the experiences of women on farms around the state and it's it's just a beautifully made film that shows some of the gorgeous landscapes of the farms in our area and some of the incredible skill and hard work that it takes to be able to run a farm. Um, it shows everything from um, a farm in an urban farm in Detroit to a dairy farm in somewhere in the middle of the state. It was it was really in, amazing to me to see the the wisdom and the just beauty of of these women. It, it's a very touching film. Well, that sounds like a great uh, submission right there. What are some of the other films that are in the festival? <laughs> a lot of the films are very funny. Um, we asked, one of the categories was uh, short films. Uh, we thought these would be like public service announcement, 30-second shorts, and most of them are animated, and there's oh. just so much creativity <laughs> In these, so one of them is called. Let's see. There's one called Breakfast. Sounds good. <laughs> there's one called Invasion of the Food Snatchers. Ooh. Um, there's one on uh, Double Up Food Bucks 
in Detroit. Right, the um, double-up food buck system that uh, yeah. allows people to buy vegetables and get a little bit of extra bang for their buck. That's right. Um, that is a really wonderful program that has also just started in the Ann Arbor area. I think that there are four of our farmers markets in the area that are going to be doing double-up food bucks for people who have um, SNAP benefits to use at the farmers market. When they come to the farmers market, they can double the value of those of those food assistance benefits. And so it's really a fantastic way to get the people who need it the most um, eating really healthy food. Great. And what are some of the reasons the Film Festival interests you? Well, I work with some of the food nonprofits in our area and help organize events around food. And I think that Michigan is just an incredible agricultural state. And the film festival is a way to highlight what's really wonderful, interesting, some in some cases heartbreaking um, and beautiful and delicious about this state. It's, it's really a wonderful time to be in Michigan for a lot of reasons, even though it's also a state that's having a lot of hard times. I think that some of the answers to those hard times are probably in our agricultural knowledge and history and some of the ideas about sustainability and um, good food in the future. Okay. So those are, I don't, those are some of the things that interest me about, about doing this. And it's a way to get people from the community involved in thinking about the landscape here and thinking about what good food means and how it can bring us together and make us stronger. We're gonna, the film festival is going to start out with some tasty snacks. You can't have a food film festival without tasty snacks, of I think. Of course not. No, of course not. <laughs> um, and then we're going to screen the films. We're going to have, um, there'll be an intermission, and there's going to be a chance for the audience to give feedback, actually. We're going to have a Viewer's Choice Award, and we're going to announce the winner of the Viewer's Choice Award at the um, Homegrown Local Food Summit, which is happening the following day, on Tuesday, March 1st. Okay. So the film festival and the, the, is actually the opening event for the summit. So people should be thinking about what good food means to them. Okay. And I hope that people will be inspired to go home and take a closer look at what's on their plate and maybe create a film next year. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> is there anything else you'd like to add? The, the film festival is a collaboration among Washtenaw Community College, the Food System Economic Partnership, uh, Slow Food Huron Valley, and Whole Foods Market. And it's really been a fantastic way for these four organizations to work together, and we've gotten some sponsorships from some of the organiza other organizations in our community. And so I think that there's really a lot of support for good food in the community and using it as a way to bring people together. So, Terrific. I'm, I'm, I'm just thrilled that we're going to be able to do this. Well, thank you, Kim Bayer, president of Slow Food Huron Valley. I just spoke to her about the Good Food Film Festival, the Michigan Good Food Film Festival, coming up Monday, February 28th, this Monday, at Washtenaw Community College. It's free and open to the public and it happens this Monday coming up at 6.15 p.m. at Washtenaw Community College in the Morris Lawrence Building. And if you don't look out, well, you better look out because it's growing.
smoke of a deal It's growing Like the size of a fish That the man claims broke his reel It's growing Like a rosebud blooming in the warmth Of the summer sun Temptations, and that is It's Growing. It is, honestly. That's written by Smokey Robinson. It's from The Temptations Sing Smokey. And an interesting convergence of convergosities here because tonight Smokey Robinson is going to perform at the White House. The White House is going to do a special Motown tribute concert, which will make Detroit feel pretty good. And Detroit sometimes feels it needs to feel good because sometimes it gets knocked here and there. And Motown's something to be proud of for sure. This concert actually is going to be shown next week sometime on PBS. But again, it'll be Smokey Robinson and others performing at the White House this evening. Now, speaking of Detroit getting knocked and maybe Detroit having a tribute given to it or maybe both at the same time, well, you may have heard there's a group working to build a statue of RoboCop in the city of Detroit. That's the fictional crime-fighting cyborg of RoboCop movie fame. So the group said last week that was trying to do this that it reached its fundraising goal of $50,000. There was a social networking campaign which exploded in support of the project, lots of people giving money to it. 
The organizer is Brandon Wally, and he said he sees potential for the planned seven-foot RoboCop sculpture in Detroit, hoping that RoboCop will draw the curious and tourists, just as the Rocky Balboa likeness does in Philadelphia, and the Fonzie statue known as the Bronze Fonz, yeah, does in Milwaukee. I have to admit, if it's built, this RoboCop statue, I would make a special trip out to see it and patronize some other Detroit restaurants and things while I'm out there. But even though the $50,000 came from private fundraising, it became controversial because a number of people basically said, Detroit, if Detroit has $50,000, what it really needs is a seven-foot RoboCop statue. No, it needs to feed people needs streets fixed. It needs initiatives to help people find jobs. That's what Detroit needs. And some people kind of figured the last thing Detroit needs right now is a statue based on a violent movie set in the future ruins of Detroit. So it was controversial. In steps, in steps, the following. Are you ready? It's, it's stepping in, and it is, in fact, Robo Charity. Rolls off the tongue, you know. This thing, new thing called Robo Charity is on Facebook and Twitter. Says here on Robo Charity's Facebook page, charity is not a zero-sum game, and just because people donated to the RoboCop statue doesn't mean they can't donate to other charities. We've picked Forgotten Harvest for the focus of this campaign because Forgotten Harvest does a phenomenal job of getting food to hungry people in the metro Detroit region with a four-star charity navigator rating. So that's what Robo Charity, this new organization, has begun to do. Robo Charity is on Twitter. It says on Twitter, location, Detroit, Michigan, name Robo Charity, three prime directives to serve the public trust, protect the innocent, and uphold the law. Top secret fourth directive, raise money for worthy Detroit causes. So we'll have to see what happens here. Will there be a statue of RoboCop and and much money from people who are also interested giving to Detroit causes that need to be given to? We shall see. And you shall see on the radio from me when I find out more about that. I don't know what that last sentence means. But this is Pandora's Lunchbox. Coming up at 7, Arwolf will help us to face the music. This is Pandora's Lunchbox still, in spite of everything, a show about food and culture. And it looks like there are some very happy chickens who are happy to know that there may be a RoboCop statue, but there will be an effort to help people in Detroit who need it. Happy backyard chickens in Ypsilanti and Ann Arbor and Inkster and Grand Rapids and Detroit are dancing and singing because they're in the mood. Thank you. 
Exactly. Exactly. That's just what I was trying to say. That was the Hen House 5 plus 2 under the pseudonym of Ray Stevens, or perhaps it's Ray Stevens under the pseudonym of Hen House 5 plus 2. In the mood. And this is Pandora's Lunchbox still. Well, Arwolf has some good news. He's going to do a show of old-timey fiddle music coming up in, at 7 o'clock. Which reminds me that there is an event coming up tomorrow that I need to mention to you. At the Ark, there's a benefit for an, for a service called Breakfast at St. Andrews. Ann Arbor's Breakfast at St. Andrews is an all-volunteer charity that has served a free meal to anyone in need every day for more than 28 years. And there's going to be a benefit for this Breakfast at St. Andrews taking place at the Ark tomorrow, featuring assorted musicians including... Traditional fiddler Kevin Burke, born in England and plays traditional Irish fiddle music, among other musicians. We're going to hear a little bit of Kevin Burke right now. This is not old-timey fiddle music, but it is vintage. It is traditional fiddle music, and it is music that has has come through the ages to us. Now, food, 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 barley. Well, see, there's a tune called The Wind That Shakes the Barley. That's an Irish ballad written by Robert Dwyer Joyce. The song is written from the perspective of a doomed young rebel who is about to sacrifice his relationship with his loved one and plunge into the cauldron of violence associated with the 1798 rebellion in Ireland. This, the references to barley in the song derive from the fact that the rebels often carried barley oats in their pockets as provisions for when they're on the march. But it's also the name of a fast Irish reel. So we're going to hear just a little bit of Kevin Burke, who's going to be performing tomorrow at the Ark, doing a little bit of the fast Irish reel version of the song The Wind That Shakes the Barley. Thank you very much. Kevin Burke, that is a medley, actually. That's the very end of a medley from an album called Across the Black River. And the last tune in that selection of songs is The Wind That Shakes the Barley. Just a quick little bit of news happening. This this just in. This just in from our correspondent, our correspondent Ron. Ron says, this is from 
a website called Brand Pub. Blah, 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 blah. This is where I disintegrate. This is Brand Republic. The Cornish pasty has won protected status from the European Union. This is by Ed Owen on marketingmagazine.co.uk. The Cornish pasty has joined a select group of protected foods, including champagne, Stilton cheese, and Rioja wine, and has been awarded protected food status. The ruling by the EU, European Union, comes into force in mid-March. By mid-March, it means that only pasties made in Cornwall, England, to a rigid recipe, can now be called Cornish pasties. Cornwall applied to the EU for protected geographical indication, that's PGI to you and me, for its pasties in in 2002, and now they've won the bid. Bakeries such as Greg's sell millions of pasties every year, and they must now rename the snacks as they are not made in Cornwall. They plan a Facebook campaign to find an alternative name for their pasties. So it's official. The Cornish pasty is officially stamped by the EU as official. Officially. I don't know if they're literally stamped by the EU, but you know what I'm saying. Well, this has been Pandora's Lunchbox, a quick rundown now of events coming up. Coming up this Friday, that's tomorrow at the Ark, a benefit for Breakfast at St. Andrews. Tomorrow at the Ark, featuring artists including Fiddler Kevin Burke. And on Monday, the first Michigan Good Food Film Festival takes place Monday, what's this month called? February. Monday, February 28th at 6.15 p.m. at Washtenaw Community College in the Morris Lawrence Building. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being in tune and out of tune if you prefer. This is WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Arbel will be with us in just a moment. In the meantime, this is to cheer you up in advance of shoveling. This has nothing to do with food. This is Jimmy James and the Vagabonds coming back to us. This is his rendition of Good Day Sunshine. Shall we?
It's 7 o'clock. This is WCBN FM Ann Arbor, 88.3 megahertz. Time for Face the Music. We're going to play a lot of fiddlers and banjo players and guitarists, a lot of uh, country music from the 1920s to begin with. I promise that the show will get very adventuresome by the end of the hour, but I've been wanting to play some of this old-timey stuff, so let's bring a couple of these women forward. Samantha Bumgarner is the fiddler. Eva Davis, the banjoist. Not sure which of them is singing here, but this record was made in April of 1924. It's called Big-Eyed Rabbit. Let's face the music. <laughs> 